Welcome to the Vertical Church Podcast. Good morning. I am really happy to see you today. I am so excited about this, this particular message. I've been kind of antsy thinking about it for the last couple of months. When Josh and I first started talking about this particular series, we were going over potential sermon topics, and he sent me a list, and I immediately, within about three seconds responded, I want that one. And he said, yeah, I know. Um, we're going to do something a little bit different to start off with today. I'm, going to, I'm actually going to pray for you, because um, there's something that's been stirring in my spirit that I believe that the Lord wants to say to us today. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads real quick. It's just going to say a short prayer, because I believe the Holy Spirit has some people that He wants to talk to directly today. There are some people here, and I think especially some guys. If you're, if you're a guy particularly, I want you to listen to me. Very often we go through our lives thinking with our heads only. Everything is logical. Everything is unemotional. Sometimes the Holy Spirit wants to deal with our hearts. And I believe the Holy Spirit wants to do some heart surgery today. And so that's how I'm, that's how I'm going to pray for you. Lord, today we are grateful for your presence. We are thankful that you are here with us. Lord, I ask that you remove any barrier to your word going forth today. I ask that you not only open our ears, but that you open our hearts to receive from you. Lord, I know, because I believe that you told me, that there are people that are here today that in the depths of their spirit are just lonely. They don't really understand why. They're surrounded by people all the time, but they're just lonely. They long for something more. Today, I believe you're going to transform some hearts. Today, I believe that you're going to move in a dramatic way. We may not see it on the outside, but Lord, I believe you're going to do it on the inside. So anoint your word today, Lord. Help it to return with great fruit in the lives of people here today. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we're in the second week of a series called Cultivate, and this is a really awesome series where we're talking about ways that you can grow deep roots in your faith. Many of us feel like that we are sometimes just kind of stuck somewhere. We don't know how to grow, we don't know how to get better, we don't know how to to do something different. We're just kind of stuck. And we've identified in our conversations and observations and talking with lots of different people all over the place, we've identified five different things that keep coming up over and over and over again that people who are growing in their faith tend to do. And so that's what this entire series is talking about. Last week, Pastor Josh talked about practical preaching, how taking what you hear on a Sunday morning or on the radio, if you listen to a preacher, if you're a preacher nerd like me, listening to a preacher on the radio sometimes, taking that and not just listening to it, but actually applying what is being said. The next one is providential relationships. Now, we're going to talk about that today. Providential relationships, when God steps into a a relationship and makes it something more than what it would be otherwise. Private disciplines, you know, when you actually read the Bible and pray on your own and not just on Sunday morning. Private disciplines. Personal ministry, when you can say, God, I'm going to serve somebody else. That's a big deal. Those are big moments. God, I'm going to serve somebody else. And then pivotal circumstances. We're going to touch on that in a few weeks. God wants us to have big faith. And we've identified these five things that we believe God will help us to have a big faith. So today I want to talk about the second one, and that is uh, providential relationships. And to get started, I want you to help me out. Now, some of you are going to be a little uncomfortable. That's okay. Just take a deep breath. All right. 
I'm going to ask you two questions, and you can do it. I want you to find somebody that you may not know very well. Make eye contact with them because you're going to talk to them in a minute. Oh, You're going to talk to them in just a minute. Just like two words, I promise. I'm not going to, to, to make you feel really, really uncomfortable well any more than you already do. Here's the first question. Now, remember, there's going to be two. You're going to pick the one that applies to you the most. But here's the first question. Who is someone that you feel like God used through a relationship to make your faith stronger or bigger? Who can you identify that you've had that has intersected your life, whether it's somebody that you've known for years or somebody that you knew for a short time, they came into your life and you feel like that they made a big difference in how your faith grew? That's the first question. Now, the second question you may identify with, with even better, so you can pick whichever one. Again, we're just thinking about a name, so nobody's going to know which question you're answering. Second question, who in your life that you have a relationship with has God possibly used to cause you to re-examine what it means to have faith? Maybe you haven't had faith. Maybe you don't really understand what that means. Maybe you lost your faith. But who have you come in contact with that has kind of reignited at least a little bit of curiosity? You may not be there yet. Maybe the person brought you today to church. Maybe um, they invited you or told you about something. But who is it? All right, I'm going to give you about five seconds to think. Everybody's got somebody that they're going to talk to, right? I won't point and laugh at you if you don't do it. But everybody participate, okay? All right, so there's two different questions. Remember the questions are, pick the one that best describes you. Everybody ready? Everybody ready? And if I identified somebody to talk to, go. Tell them. Who? Just a name. A name. A name. Ah, oh, I love the talking. It's awesome. <laughs> That's good. All right. So did anybody make new friends? Anybody meet somebody, somebody you never met before? No? Okay, so if you were to ask me that question, if you were to ask me that question, I would immediately think of two different guys that have come into my life. And when I look back, I think, wow, bam, this is a relationship that really kind of changed my trajectory. It changed where I was going. It changed how I thought about life. It changed a whole lot. You probably heard me talk about both of them if you've been around at all. You've probably heard me talk about both of them. Uh, but the first one, his name is Skip Jenkins, and he is a, a professor, a teacher at the school that I went to, Lee University, and the college that I went to. And Skip is from Ohio. Now, if there are some of you from Ohio, if there are some of you from Ohio, I'm just going to say I'm sorry. Um, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Um, my best friend came, out of, came from Ohio, and he has this really strong very, um, how shall we say it politely, in-your-face kind of personality. He's quite, you know, very aggressive, you know, kind of arrogant. You know how those Ohio people are. I'm picking on Jill. Um, but the first time I really had, you know, I had met Skip. He, he got, he pledged my fraternity, he got in my fraternity, and a few weeks later, you know, I had interacted with him. Um, but he, you know, we were at this, you know, college students do these, weird things. We had, a, we had a bonfire out in some field somewhere one night, and we were talking, and first time I'd really ever talked to him, and he was telling me about this girl that he liked, and um, this girl that he didn't like, and uh, two different girls, and the girl that he didn't like happened to be nearby, 
And we didn't know, well, he didn't know it, I knew it, and I was kind of trying to help him lower his voice, but he's one of those guys that likes to talk really loud. Anyway, um, and so a couple of weeks later, or a week or so later, he comes back, he's at my front door, banging on the door. And I open the door, and it wasn't a pretty confrontation. <laughs> it wasn't pretty. Um, he's telling me about all of the things that he said that has gotten back to him through various people. And so now the girl that he likes won't have anything to do with him because the girl that he didn't like heard this conversation and you know how the rumor mill goes. Half of what, what ended up back at him wasn't true, but that wasn't the point. He said, how could you do that to me? Because, of course, I was the one. He didn't know that girl was there, so I was the one that has shared all of his business with everybody. It was not a pretty confrontation. Um, some ugly words were said. You know, I'm, I'm kind of sensitive, and ugly words offend me. I'm just kidding. It was, it was looking back on this, really kind of funny. This guy standing on my porch, ranting and raving, arms flailing. I think he's going to punch me in the throat. I don't know what's going to happen. And then he just turns around and walks off like a two-year-old. Just, you know, and so I followed him. And, you know, I'm not, those of you who know me at all, you know, I, I tend to be kind of a confrontational person, but I'm not a physically confrontational person. But here I go chasing after this guy that I barely know. I've met him like twice. I've had one conversation with him. But I go off and chasing him, and he gets in his car, and I get in the other side, and I sit down beside him, and he's still very colorful language coming at me. And I said, dude, shut up. Shut, shut up. You're not going to talk to me this way. Because I didn't do this. This is what happened. And we proceeded to have a... Eventually, he calmed down. And anyway, long story short, this guy ended up being my best friend. And this past, this past week, I called him to talk about this particular message. And I said, you know, looking back on 25 years of really intense friendship, what do you think you know, kind of stands out to you? And he said, well, that moment sitting in that car for me was, hey, this dude's not scared of me and my insecurities and the fact that I tend to pitch a fit when I don't get my way. He's not scared of me. He's not going to let me get away with it. This is a guy that I can hang out with. I didn't know that. I was just mad because he was yelling and cussing at me. But for him, that was a moment that said, you know what, I can hang out with this guy. And from then on, we've had a really intense, strong, passionate, awesome friendship for the last 25 years. But there's, you know, there's several things that I learned from that relationship with Skip. He really was my first real true, you know, lifelong, go through hell on earth and back kind of friend. I learned that confrontation is not an ugly thing. Confrontation doesn't have to be bad. Confrontation is actually a, a tool used by the Holy Spirit to make us grow. I learned that having someone that you can confide in, no matter what it is, no matter what stupid choice you've made, somebody that you can look at and they will say, you know what, yeah, you were stupid. That was dumb. And he has told me that on more than one occasion. And I told him that on even more occasions. But he's also told me that it's awesome to have somebody who will celebrate the dumbest things with you. Something that nobody else in the whole world is going to care about, but if something really cool happens, you know, I get a phone call at least two or three times a week. Dude, I was teaching this class, and this freshman, he, man, he got it. And he was able to... And, 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 I, and nobody else really care about that. But for him, he's a professor. What he does is he teaches theology, and he gets to watch young minds being transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit in his classroom every day. And he gets really excited about that. And having somebody to celebrate that with is awesome. But the best thing that he taught me, I think, is that true, honest, open, lifelong, or even temporary relationships aren't really good relationships. They're not mutual can't be one-sided. It's got to be give and take. If you're the taker, 
then you're never going to be satisfied. If you're only giving, if you're only giving, you're never going to be satisfied. It has to be mutual. Well, I graduated college, worked for a couple of years, and then I started graduate school. And in graduate school, I met this, this other guy. And I'll tell you more about him in just a minute. But you know, the, the way that we met was kind of, it was weird because I didn't expect it. I had never really been in a position to lead someone else in personal discipleship. And so I met this guy, and that's what we began to do. I began mentoring him, and we began to explore living life every day, dealing with past issues, really, really unfortunate things that had happened to him, and dealing with those issues and learning to grow in your faith and learning to trust God even in those kinds of moments. And I learned more about myself because, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm, I'm talking with this guy. We met every week pretty much, sometimes two or three times a week. And it was great, and I enjoyed it. I looked forward to it. I never would have thought that I would look forward to it. But it was awesome because I was learning as much about myself, hearing the words coming out of my mouth. And these are words that I really weren't prepared to say. But I believe the Holy Spirit used those moments, not just to grow him in his faith, but to grow, in me, to grow me in mine. When I look back on these two relationships and the power that they've had for me, I know that they were providential. Now, you may not understand what the word providential means. It's kind of one of those weird, big words that academics say, but providential means that God's involved. The Holy Spirit is right there in the middle. It's, an, it's a relationship that he has said, you know what, I'm going to step in here, and if you will allow me, I will make this something more than you think that it is. I will help your faith to blow up if you will just let me in the middle. And there are all kinds of providential relationships. Marriage, obviously, is a providential relationship, or at least it should be. If it's not, that's a different kind of conversation. But I'm not going to talk about marriage today. I'm going to talk about individual relationships, friendships, those kinds of things. And looking back, it's as if God said, and allowed these guys to step into my story, and allowed, them, allowed me to step into their story, and it, it was just random. I didn't expect it. I didn't understand where it was coming from. And it started off in weird ways in both situations. But my life changed because of it. Now, I had a part. I could have said to Skip, you know what, dude, you're a jerk. Get off my front porch. I don't ever want to talk to you again. I could have done that, but I found myself chasing the dude to the car when he was still yelling at me. I could have said to the other guy, you know what, dude, this is really intimidating. I've never been a mentor before. I really don't want someone else kind of relying on me to help them grow and to confide those kind of... I just, I don't, that's not for me. I'm not, I'm not ready for that. But I, I didn't do that. And I really can't understand why other than I made a choice. These are choices that we make, and then God does the rest. So I had a part. Sometimes the relationships were uncomfortable. Oftentimes they're uncomfortable, but they changed my life. They shaped me. They shaped my faith. On more than one occasion, in both relationships, my faith was rescued. I've been to the point of giving it all up because of crazy, ridiculous choices that I made or that others made around me. And these two guys helped rescue my faith. They shaped my understanding of God, how I look at God, how I view God, of what it means to be a Christian, a Christ follower, in 2015. They shaped my view of the world, and they helped me understand how the truth of God intersects us all the time, and in ways we didn't really think that it happened. But as you look back, you realize that this is the Holy Spirit stepping in and saying, yeah, I'm going to make this a moment that you remember. These are providential relationships. When you hear a faith story, when you hear anybody talk about their faith journey, I promise you, you will always hear a relationship. There will be some sort of relationship that's mentioned. 
Now you can say, you may be the one that says, well, in isolation, on my own, I discovered God. I grew in my faith all by myself and became everything God wanted me to be and had absolutely nothing to do with anyone else in my life. If that's your story, you don't know your story very well because it's not possible. It's not possible. Generally speaking, when people tell their story, they talk about relationships and how they impacted them and how they helped either help them grow their faith or relationships that help them diminish their faith. We're going to talk about those in a minute too. So I posted on Facebook earlier this week, and I asked people for stories of these kinds of intersections when people kind of stepped in their lives and, and um, what a difference it made. And I, and I got one where there was this college girl who met a guy named Rick. And he, he became her friend. And just, you know, they, they had classes together. They lived in the same dorm, all this kind of stuff. They just became friends. He didn't judge her, he didn't belittle her, and she had a very typical college girl experience, you know, the things that college students do. But he was just her friend. And one day he just randomly invited her to this student-led worship service. And things weren't going very well for her at this point, so she's thinking, why not? I'm not going to use the language that she used because we're in church. But she's like, why not? I'll just go. Nothing else is going on. I'll go. And man, it changed her life. Now, she was a little embarrassed. She didn't accept Jesus there because she felt like people were watching her. But later on in her dorm that night, she asked Jesus to come into her life. And her life was forever changed because of that intersection with this guy named Rick. And so she went and told Rick the story that she had accepted Jesus. And Rick took her to meet a lady named Cammie. And this was another relationship. This lady prayed with her. She listened to her talk. She discipled her. What she didn't realize also later on was that the night where she went to this student-led worship service, she met her husband for the first time. So out of that one experience with this guy named Rick, three providential relationships happened in one experience. And her life was forever changed. What's funny is that um, because of Rick and that providential relationship with her, several of you are sitting here today because she invited you to church. That's the power of providential relationships. It's really good stuff. I got a bunch of stories that were similar. This random person came in and made me feel this way and renewed my faith and gave me hope for mankind, that kind of stuff. I got a lot of this person was patient with me. They didn't force anything on me. They listened to me. They prayed for me. I didn't know anyone, so they invited me. They cried with me. They picked me up when I was wasted and didn't judge me. They explained the Bible in ways that I could under, actually understand. And I saw this guy or this lady live their life in a way that was consistent. They weren't perfect by any means, but they were consistent in their faith. And I just watched them. My faith took off. My faith grew. Or that person rescued my faith. They weren't perfect, but they were genuine. Remember I told you about that other guy that I met. I, I didn't tell you his name. Check out this video and you'll hear more about the story. I was working at the seminary in Cleveland, Tennessee, and a group of students and staff members that worked there were part of this ministry organization to college students. And they had one guy in particular who was going through a really rough time, and they came to me and asked if I would um, kind of step in and mentor him. There was a friend of mine who was going through some pretty difficult things because of some decisions that he had made um, and, and, and our team brought on uh, a, a new guy, a new staff member, a new leader to walk with him through some of those bad decisions 
that he made. And, uh, and I just saw that happening and I thought, man, I need that. This tall, lanky kid came up to me and said, hey, you know, I, I see what's happening with this dude and, and I want to experience some of that. So do you think you could have some time to, to meet with me and, and kind of do some of the same things? And I was surprised that somebody actually wanted to do that without being forced to, it was, it was their initiative. And I said, sure. And so that began a, um, a two year journey of really awesome fun. We had a whole lot of fun. We got together just about every week and, and we just, we walked through so much uh, baggage uh, in, in my life, particularly uh, dealing with issues, like I said, about my dad, about my brother. It was really, really interesting because I was learning as much about myself as, as he was learning about himself through the whole process. I didn't tell him that at the time, but you know, that's kind of how it went. But the really cool part is at the end of that two years is when I actually met Hope. And I know that I would not have been the person ready to meet her had I not submitted myself to a process that wasn't always easy, was oftentimes painful and difficult, but was ultimately beneficial, not only for me, but, but for my future. And, and what we ultimately kind of discovered is for the both of us, as uh, we, we kind of just evolved into uh, who we are today. You know, it was such a great and awesome thing to get to walk through that journey with him and with Hope and you know, to watch what God created in that moment as a result of the previous two years of this guy being serious about growing up, being serious about becoming the person that he knew he was supposed to be. And I didn't start that, he started that. And, and he started the journey and we took it together. Uh, it's just awesome to see how God can use relationships like that to take us to the next place in our faith. And then when we arrive there, he can still use the same relationships to carry us forward into another future. And so that's just, that's awesome. 15 years later, and it's really just kind of amazing to have watched what happened. And we started off as this mentor-mentee kind of thing, and now our families are incredibly close. Our sons are best friends. And, you know, I can't imagine living life apart from the Butcher family. And all of that came out of choices that Josh made and choices that I made to allow the Holy Spirit to move in our relationship, to kind of grow us up together. And there's no doubt that I wouldn't be where I am if if I hadn't had um, the experience that I have with Josh. And I think he would probably say the same thing. It's just a really interesting dynamic because the awesome thing about providential relationships is that it's never just about you and the other person. There's somebody else in the middle there. And that's the Holy Spirit kind of leading and guiding you um, because you're not growing on your own. You have to be prompted and led by the Holy Spirit. And if the Holy Spirit isn't present, then it's not a providential relationship. Um, it's just a, a couple of buddies. But looking back on it and realizing that, hey, what God started in that moment has now turned into something completely different where together we get to lead this group of people and we get to pour into the lives of other people together. Um, my strengths and his strengths, it's just a really cool thing to understand that providential relationships are so important as we cultivate this life um, that, that the Holy Spirit has for us. Now, in case you don't know, the other dude in that video is Pastor Josh. He's the other lead pastor here. If you're, this is your first week, you may not know exactly who he is, but he's the other lead pastor here. And, you know, 
I'm not trying to be overly spiritual here. Neither Josh and I would say that there's something extraordinary about us that, um, that made this happen. We're just two normal guys, just two normal dudes. But an argument could be made that all of us are here today, learning about providential relationships, cultivating our faith because of the providential relationship that God gave me and Josh. That's pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. There are lots of stories like that. Many of you could tell similar stories. This is how we grow and affect others. The Holy Spirit steps in and takes two random guys along a journey where we get to grow a ministry that was birthed from our relationship. And people have met Jesus because of that. That's awesome. That's how the Holy Spirit works in relationships. Whenever you hear faith stories, you hear about relationships. That's why we've made a case that of these five things God uses on a consistent basis, relationships is one of it. Looking back, those relationships are providential. It could be a conversation. It could be an action that nobody sees. It could be kneeling down to greet a two- or three-year-old who's scared to walk in the front door because they're coming to church for the first time and you make them feel comfortable and safe. And because you do that, you strike up a conversation with a mom or dad, and they feel comfortable and safe, and suddenly you're friends. It could be a chance encounter in a Home Depot parking lot with a couple of random people who've never met before, and now the people that you met are in church with you, and a few others that they've met are in church too. That's how that all works. But here's the main point. Don't miss it because it's really simple. And if we miss it, if you don't pay attention, you might miss it because it's so simple. Relationships are powerful. They are powerful. When we submit to the Holy Spirit, God uses relationships to impact our lives and our faith in Him. God uses human relationships to blow up our faith, to influence or impact our faith. But if that's true... The opposite is true as well. Because the other question I could ask you to answer today, and don't worry, I won't, because a lot of us would be really embarrassed. Has there been anyone in your life that, looking back, undermined your faith? Someone in this room just thought of a person that they're in relationship with now that they know they shouldn't be. Because they're undermining your faith. And you know it. Man, that's a tough thing. A phone call that you wish you'd never returned. A text message you wish you had never responded to. An invitation you now wish you had said no to. A business opportunity that you would take back if you could. Our greatest regrets, just like our happiest moments, can almost always be traced back to relationships. You know, no one says, you know, my greatest regret is, has to do with isolation. I got into all this trouble all by myself and no one else was involved. Yeah, that never happens. That never happens. Remember, relationships are powerful things. Here's the takeaway. Relationships intersect our faith. For good or bad, relationships intersect our faith. It may be um, that God wants to use them to build our faith, but it's really up to us. We have to make that choice. A providential relationship, a relationship that involves the Holy Spirit, isn't something that we can just do by ourselves. The Holy Spirit has to be involved. He puts people in our path, but we have to be open 
do it. I want to stop here and, and say this because it's really important. Look, I'm not talking about friends. I'm not talking about that because friends has been, that word has been hijacked by the social media culture to mean something completely different than what we think of. You know, we, we measure our worth based on how many Facebook friends we may or may not have, how many business contacts we may or may not have. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about who are true, honest, open people who will call you out in two seconds when you do something stupid. If, if you can't think of anybody that would do that, who would call you out in love, in the love of Jesus, that's a different story. You may have friends that will call you out, but will they call you out to build your faith? That's a different story. Who can you count on? Here's an even tougher question. Who can count on you? Are you that kind of person that has that kind of relationship? You see, every single day, we are surrounded by people that couldn't care less about our faith, about how we grow in our faith. You may not realize it yet, but every single person that you have a relationship with has the potential to undermine your faith. But here's what I believe, this is, here's what I believe is true, and I'm going to make a case for this in just a minute. I think there are things that we can do by the power of the Holy Spirit, very important, by the power of the Holy Spirit, develop providential relationships. It could be that there are relationships that God is keying up for you right now, and if you're not careful, you're going to miss them. Some of those kinds of relationships are what I call perpetual. These are relationships that you have that last forever. You can think of a spouse, you can think of a parent, a child, those kinds of things, or Certain friends that you have had, you know, Skip is one of those for me. We've been friends for 25 years. We will be friends as long as, one, as, long as one of us walks the earth. That's a perpetual friendship. Same thing for Josh. But then there are also seasonal relationships, and those are really vitally important. Those of you who are in the military and kind of understand that culture, we have so many military families that come in and make a huge impact in our community and and pour into us and pour into our church and serve and do all kind of great things, and then daggum Navy ships them off somewhere. But those are, those are relationships that are meaningful and providential, not just for us, but for them as well, and we're grateful for them. We could all tell stories of people who come crashing into our lives in a unique way. The question is, are we, are we open to it? Are we open to that kind of relationship? That person that's constantly trying to get you to go to lunch with them. That person that's constantly asking you random questions about God or faith or making better choices. The couple that you keep inviting to church, they keep saying no, but you know you need to keep inviting them. But you keep putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. Perhaps that's God's way of trying to get your attention through this particular principle of a relationship but you have to make a choice if you're going to do it. Too often we don't. Too often we don't. Too often we don't recognize when it's coming at us, and too often we don't recognize when it's our responsibility to do it. Yeah, let's stop that. Let's stop that. If relationships can be providential, which we know that they can be, we're all sitting here as a result of it. If relationships can be con con uh, providential, if God uses people to pump up and build and create greater faith, then we need to ask the question, how do I leverage that? How do I make that work in a way that's going to cultivate my faith? Not how do I go through another season of my life without it. 
There's two passages of Scripture, two, two verses in the Bible that I want to talk about. One's in the Old Testament, one's in the New Testament, to kind of help uh, reiterate for us what um, our experience already tells us, that God uses people through relationships to impact and grow our faith. The first one comes out of Proverbs, Proverbs 13.30. Now, I chose the message translation here on purpose because, man, it's going to punch us in the face. That's awesome. Getting punched in the face is awesome, isn't it? Come on. Become wise by walking with the wise. Hang out with fools and watch your life fall to pieces. That's pretty straightforward. Pretty, that's pretty straightforward. If you hang out with fools, your life's going to fall apart because they influence you. Now, in the original language, this was not a command. It wasn't, it, it was, the, the author of Proverbs wasn't saying, do this. It was more an observation. Look, if you hang out with wise people, you're going to get wiser. You're going to make better choices. If you hang out with people who make good choices, you're probably going to make better choices. But if you hang out with people who make foolish choices, you're probably going to make a fool out of yourself. Kind of common sense, right? But here's the promise of this verse. The wisest person in the world says, the people you choose to surround yourself with have the potential to impact you spiritually. One way or the other, they have the 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 position to impact you. The people you choose to spend time with, God uses those relationships if we let Him, if we let the Holy Spirit be involved to do something good for you, to build your wisdom, to help you make better choices. There is a spiritual component to relationships that has an incredible, incredible opportunity because God can use it to make us stronger, to make us stronger. Now, the second verse is out of the New Testament. Paul is writing to the Corinthian church, and he says, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good morals. Again, somebody just thought of someone that they know they're spending time with that they shouldn't be because they're making bad choices every single time they're around that person. There's a whole bunch of us that just had names pop in our heads. You're like, ooh, I need to have a conversation point that Paul's making here is that human relationships can have a negative impact. God loves us. He invites us to be a part of his family. He cares about our character. He cares about our morality. And he cares about the consequences of the decisions that we make. He says, you know, it's more than simply common sense. There's a spiritual component here. The wrong kind of influences impact us in a way that creates the wrong kind of outcomes and the wrong kind of behaviors. God cares about us too much to say it's okay to hang out with people that influence you to make bad choices. He cares about us too much because he wants us, he wants the consequences of our life to be positive and good. We've all seen it in some way. The question is whether or not we will let it work for us or against us. That's up to us. But this is why we at Vertical Church believe so much in this. If you hang around us for any length of time, you're going to hear phrases like, we live life together. We live life together. Not because I want to be in your business. Not because I need to know what you do 24 hours a day every single day. Not, not because I need to know all of that. Because the fact is, chances are really good that you and I, I'm not able to have that kind of relationship with every single person here. And neither is Josh, neither is Hope, neither is Kelly, neither is Zach, neither is um, Johanna. We're not, you know, pastoral team, that's not just on us. That's on all of us. 
to seek out those kinds of relationships. But we have small groups. You're thinking, oh, he's about to plug small groups again. Look, we don't plug small groups. We create the opportunity for relationships. What you do is up to you. All we can do is create the opportunity. If you want to grow in your faith, you look for opportunities like that, and you're like, yeah, I'm in. Let's do this. Because I want to grow in my faith. It's not about, you know, we, I, don't, I have a limited amount of time in the, in the week. And, you know, Friday, every, uh, every other Friday night, having 30 people come to my house, it, it, it can get a little stressful. Especially when half of those 30 people are under the age of five. It's so much fun. I love it. But you know what? It creates an opportunity for relationships. And I sit and I listen to conversation between people who probably wouldn't have had that kind of conversation before. And they're growing together in their faith. They're challenging one another. They're learning to live life together. And there are many of us in here that have been so impacted by that, we now consider some of our best friends. We met them in a small group. And now they know more about us than we probably were a little comfortable with. But hey, we've grown in our faith. We do it through serving teams. You know, Zach and Johan set up the, this auditorium over here virtually every Sunday. And my, my Ashton tells me all kinds of stories that he hears. But this is an opportunity for us to come and be together and to talk and to learn. I love the conversation and interaction that I have with people that are here, especially for setup, because that's a time that we just get to chat. And we chat about, Lord knows, everything. Our kids, our... Not grandkids, I'm not that old. Our kids, our jobs, you know, things that you don't have other time to talk about. It's just, it's, it's awesome. We provide outreach events. You want to grow in your faith? You want to grow in a relationship? Let's do some outreach together. Let's go, let's go intersect our mutual stories with a bunch of kids who have nothing. Things that we take for granted like pencils and backpacks. Let's go interact with them and see how our stories get impacted together. That will change our perspective. Look, we know we can't create providential relationships. That's not our job. Our job is to provide an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to move. We do what we can do, and God does the rest. And He does it faithfully. And He does it every time. Many of us are here because of our own providential relationship. Someone invited you. Or if you saw a sign and showed up, or heard, uh, saw an ad on Facebook or somewhere else and showed up, it's relationship that's kept you here. Almost every single one of you. I could look at many of you and, and know your story. The Spirit is willing and able to come in and use people to change our lives. He's also willing to come in and use us to change someone else's life. But we have to be open to it. That's the part, that's the part that we play. We have to be intentional. Like I said in the video, I didn't start that with Josh. I was meeting with some other random guy who, frankly, we're Facebook friends now, but I haven't seen him in 10 years, and we have no interaction. But God used that relationship that was seasonal, a seasonal relationship, to bring one that is perpetual, that has brought us all together in this room right now. The first step was Josh's, because I, you know, I had never done that before. So the fact that this tall, lanky kid's coming at me and saying, hey, Look, I need to talk to somebody. And it was intense. It was great. You want to know any stories about Josh? I'll go. No, I won't tell you. I won't tell you. Because he knows too many about me. I won't. No, I won't tell you. 
But what we say is, God, I can't create a relationship. I can't make something happen. But God, who I trust through the Holy Spirit, is going to help me do my part. I just trust that you will blow up my faith through some relationships that I've yet to establish or that I have established and I need to take to the next level. God will do it. You see, so many of us are guarded. That's what I was talking about, guys, earlier. Especially guys. I hear this all the time. I talk to guys all the time. And we, you know, our brains are wired to think logically and intellectually and unemotionally. We're big, tough guys. We don't need stuff like that. I don't need to share my feelings. What are feelings? I'll just tough it out. You're kidding yourself. You're kidding yourself. And many of us who have all these kinds of questions, all of these kinds of things that are kind of sitting and just sitting right there that we don't understand what's going on and we just want to hear, you know, is this real? Is it not real? Do I re- can I really trust what God is saying? Can I really believe that there is, even is a God? Many of us aren't doing that. We're, we're not moving past that because we're not getting connected to other believers who will help us grow in our faith, guys. Now, there's some, some ladies here that do the same thing. We build these walls, and we refuse to tear them down or to allow them to be teared out, torn down, and we end up the same place in five years that we were five years ago. We don't grow in our faith. If we really want to be serious about growing in our faith, we're going to take those steps, even when it's uncomfortable. For some of us, there's a flip side. And this was the hard, this was the hard one for me. This is where Josh was my guinea pig. And man, whew, I'm glad it turned out all right. Some of us are really scared to actually be that person, that providential person that listens to the voice of the Holy Spirit to have those moments and say, you know what, I believe this is what God's saying to you. It's scary. Oh, what if I'm wrong? You know what, I would rather you be wrong and faithful than right and isolated. Because God works all that out when we walk with Him. I've said lots and lots of wrong things to Josh. Lots of them in that first two years. But, the, but God worked it out. And a couple dozen other guys that I've mentored in, in, the, in the interim, I, wrong things are said all the time. I probably said something wrong this morning. God works all that out. See, our faith isn't in our ability to make the right decisions. Our faith is in the Holy Spirit who works despite our decisions. You see, one of the things that Skip taught me a long time ago was God uses our, he used the word proclivity. Isn't that a great word? Such an academic. God uses our tendency to do the wrong thing, to be stupid, to bring himself glory. God, God works those mysterious ways that we don't understand. Somebody just got a text. God uses those moments to bring himself glory, and it's awesome. It's awesome. We can't do that ourselves. We just have to be willing and open to take the step. Ooh, i got to finish. Providential relationships often start awkward. They often start awkward. And for some of us, we're like, oh no, we're going to avoid awkward at all costs. You know what? There's this, you know, we, we've heard this story in the Bible about the woman at the well. And when Jesus came and talked with her, man, that was awkward. I mean, he basically called her out and said, look, you've been married this many times and you're living with somebody who's not your husband and you're complaining about your life, really? That was awkward. 
But I promise you her life was changed. The rich young ruler we read about in the Gospels says, you know, I've done this and this and this, but what else can I do? And Jesus says, sell everything you have and give it to the poor. Come follow me. It was awkward. It was so awkward that the dude's like, I, I can't do that. Because he wasn't willing to take that step. You have to be willing to take the step. When you trust the Holy Spirit, when you trust the Holy Spirit, in the back of your mind you're saying, God, I'm putting myself out there because if you want to intersect me with someone else, I'm available, even if it creates an awkward situation. Why? Because God uses human, human relationships to do something in our hearts as it relates to our faith. Relationships are powerful. Now, I want to I wrap, wrap it up with this idea. I touched on it in the video. Any kind of providential relationship does not exist without the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's impossible. God uses the Spirit to speak into our lives all the time. And when we walk by faith, we find ourselves saying and doing things that we're thinking, how in the world did this happen? I don't even know where that came from. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. I've heard it and I've seen it over and over again. You're not going to believe me otherwise because I've experienced it. You're not going to make me believe otherwise because I've experienced it. In any relationship that's providential, there are always three. It's not just you and one other person. The Holy Spirit is there with us. And He's the one that cleans up our mess. He's the one that makes the difference. He's the one that uses two imperfect, sometimes crazy people to do big things for him. You see that in scripture. You see these guys that are bickering all the time, but yet people are, you know, the church is exploding and people are, are meeting Jesus all over the place, even though these two guys are bickering. Because the Holy Spirit makes a difference. I want to close you with this idea from scripture, from Corinthians again, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. Paul is wrapping up his conversation with the Corinthian church. And he says this, and I think it's important. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Now, I'm really passionate about this subject. If you know me at all, you know, I said to somebody earlier what I was going to talk about today, and they're like, oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's your thing. Really, really passionate about this. Because I know the difference that it can make. I believe that providential relationships are a sacrament. You may not know what the word sacrament means. The word sacrament simply implies that through that relationship, we experience the grace of Jesus Christ. Just like in communion, when we partake in communion, the bread and the juice or wine, whatever it is you choose to use, we're experiencing the grace of the death and resurrection of Jesus as we celebrate that. In baptism, as we go under the water and we come back up, we're symbolizing becoming a new person because of the sacrifice that Jesus made. The old is washed away. The new is there. I believe that, the, that relationships are the same kind of thing. We experience the grace of Jesus through other people because the grace of Jesus works through other people. I believe that through providential relationships, God's going to rescue some of your faith. I believe it. Some of you are so, some, some of us are so lonely, we can't even put our finger on it. So many, so many people have disappointed us. People continue to disappoint us every day. And we just don't even know what to do next. 
But I believe that some of your spirits are stirring because the Holy Spirit's saying to you, I've got a plan. You've got to be willing. You've got to be willing to let someone speak truth into your life and submit to the difficult things that are going to come your way. That's important. That's, that's so important. If we allow someone to speak into our lives and then we don't put into practice what they tell us to do, we're just wasting everybody's time. But if you're willing to grow in your faith, God can use someone else to change your direction. For some of you, the Holy Spirit is stirring you. Yeah, it's time for you to step up. You've been sitting at the table for long enough. Now it's time for you to start making the food. It's time for you to speak into someone else's life. It's time for you to take some leadership. God's going to use the experiences that you've had, no matter how terrible they are. Everybody has terrible experiences. Lord, if I told you about my Jerry Springer life, some of you would be shocked. I promise you, it would not, would not be a great Jerry Springer episode. He's nodding, he knows. But man, God uses that stuff to bring himself glory, and he's going to use your Jerry Springer moment to help someone else understand that in their Jerry Springer moment, they can make it through too because of the work of the Holy Spirit through you. Remember, God uses relationships to grow our faith. God wants to use your relationships to grow yours. Bow your heads, we're going to pray together. I'm going to ask you some questions. I want you to think about them. I want you to think about them hard. I want you to not just think about them today. I want you to think about them next week. What relationships do you need to let go of? What current relationships are you in that you know the person you're in relationship, whether you want to admit it or not, no matter how close you think you are to them, no matter what future you think you've created with them, what relationship do you know you need to let go of right now? Because it's not building your faith, it's doing the opposite. What past relationships do you need to cover in forgiveness? Someone has hurt you, someone has devastated you, and the choices that they made or that you made causes you to be gun-shy about having other providential relationships in your life. Who do you need to forgive? Do you need to encounter someone? We all need to encounter Jesus. And that may be your next providential relationship. There may be some of you in this room that say, you know what, I don't, I don't really understand all of this because I haven't encountered the one who makes providential relationships possible. I'm going to pray with you in a minute. Last question. Do you need to be that for someone else? Is it time for you to step up? To get out of the shadows, to step up, take a risk, and speak into someone else's life like they've spoken into yours. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I believe that today can change your life. I'm going to say a quick and simple prayer. You can pray that after me, and we'll celebrate together later. But if that's you today, and you say, you know what, I don't really get all of this because my faith journey hasn't even led me to Jesus yet. If you're ready to take that step, you can repeat after me out loud. You can do it under your breath, whatever you want to do. It doesn't matter. What matters is what you're doing. Jesus, I need you. Pray it with me. You don't have to say it out loud. Jesus, I need you. 
I know I can't do this on my own. I know that what you did for me makes everything else possible. Forgive me. Help me be a new person because of your sacrifice. I believe in what you've done for me. I accept you as the one who can change my life. If you just prayed that prayer, that's your first step to a greater journey. With your, everybody still have your heads bowed, I want to ask this question next. Who needs to forgive someone? Who has these kinds of relationships that has so diminished your faith that your faith either needed to be rescued or needs to be rescued because of how hurt you are? If that's you, real quick, I want to see your hands. You need to forgive someone. Hands. Thank you. Thank you. The grace of the Lord Jesus, who forgives us for every stupid choice we make, will empower you to forgive someone else. Last question. We're going to pray together. Who needs that? Who needs a providential relationship? Who needs to either be the one that allows someone else in to speak into their lives, or you need to be the one to speak into the lives of others? Who finds themselves lacking there? You want the kind of relationship that can change and grow your faith. You don't have to be embarrassed. I'm going to raise my hand. I always want that. It makes a difference. If that's you, I want to see your hand. Who needs someone? Who needs someone? Or who wants to be that someone? Hands all over the room. You know, Lord, in these kinds of sermons, it's often difficult to really understand what you're doing. But what I know beyond any shadow of a doubt is that you are doing something deep and intense in the lives of people in this room, including mine. That you are opening people to things that they've never experienced before. You are breaking down walls and barriers to allow others, by the grace of the Holy Spirit, through the grace of the Holy Spirit, to speak into their lives and to make a difference. Lord, that same power that raised Jesus from the dead is here today. That same power that raised Jesus from the dead can speak new life into people who need the grace of Jesus. And so, Lord, I pray today that the work that you're doing in the hearts and lives of men and women in this room is something we're going to look back on and say, yeah, you know, this is the day that I gave in. And the day that I gave in opened up all of this opportunity and my life has been changed. These are decisions that we look back on and know that by our decision to submit to you and what you have for us, things change. So Lord, we say thank you. There are men and women in this room who you have called to be that person. You're telling them right now they know it, they can sense it. They're scared to death because they're imperfect. And they're so afraid that their imperfection is going to cause someone else to stumble. Lord, give them confidence that can only come by the grace of Jesus Christ. 
Holy Spirit, embolden and empower them. Don't let them sleep. Don't let them eat. Don't let them do anything else until they submit to what you've called them to do because you are going to use their words to change someone's life. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for joining us today. We always appreciate hearing how God is moving in your life. We all have a story to tell, and we'd love to hear yours. Please visit verticalchurch.tv and click on the little pencil icon called Amen Corner to tell us your story. Also, if you'd like to support the ministry of Vertical Church financially, you can do so by clicking the giving link at verticalchurch.tv. Thank you again for taking the time to join us as we point those far from God to life in Jesus.